Gentlemen, welcome to Better Beat Eight Dollars, the podcast. It can wait, aka the Black Awareness Rally podcast. You can be rocking with anybody else in the world right now, but you are here with us, and for that, we do appreciate your man, man pledge alongside B. We welcome all of you guys to the discussion. B, what's been going on, brother? What's uh, what's what's keeping you so um interested and engaged right now? Uh, mic check, mic check, mic check, mic check, mic check. Woo! All right, uh, yeah, man, just I want to, I want to be good, man. I, I want to continue to contribute. I want to teach. I want to learn. I want to, want to help. So that's pretty much it, man. That's what's keeping my heart engaged and. Uh, just want to lay down at the end of the day feel like I, I, I gave my best how about you same thing man just trying to uh, continuously make things happen so um, along that same same uh, mindset yeah man, yeah, man. hey I uh, appreciate it Elliot uh, we're trying we're trying we're trying uh, so yeah man that, that's pretty much that uh apologize for everybody getting started a little late today hopefully um the family continues to trickle in 
and we have a good time as usual and try to learn as usual. So now come through. Share this, share this, share this, share this. If you if you believe in it, share it with, with somebody you think would appreciate it. Share it, share it, share it. So uh, yeah, man. What you got? Not much, man. I'm just I just want to know the consensus, man. The holidays are coming up in a couple of weeks, less than a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. actually. I mean, are, are you feeling the spirit? Like, what, how how do you feel about the holidays in 2020 um, quarantine edition? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't feel particularly uh, festive, so. I don't know right now. I know we, what, we got 11 days to my birthday and 12 to the, the big day. So I, I don't know, man. I ain't really been uh, feeling all that excited about much. How about you? Well, I'm in a household with young kids, so. Um, they feeling the feeling? They, 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 I mean, I don't think you can, you know, I don't think you can really tone down their excitement for it. Mm-hmm. So, being around them, you felt definitely feel the excitement for it. Um, but it's just, I guess, it's just among the uh, grown folks. You know, it's like I don't know, man. It's not that that warm, tingly sensation people normally get around this time of year. I guess because yeah. they know it's going to be toned down. You know, as far as family getting together and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of the activities that people are, are normally able to do, um, they probably won't be able to participate in this year. So. I don't know, man, but, uh, yeah. you know, hopefully we find a way to um, enjoy ourselves and make the absolute most of it, so. Yeah. Uh, and I think get with fam would be be a good thing. It's just, uh, as we all know, you know, we got a lot going on with that, that particularly, so. You don't want to put nobody at risk just because you want to get out there and have a good time. And, um, you know, man, it's just, it's just, just unfortunate, man. It's a, an unfortunate time. But, uh, you know, there's still some some joy to be found in it. Still some uh, things to be hopeful for. See, the uh, vaccines are starting to roll out. The FDA has approved the Pfizer vaccine to be delivered in America. Yeah, I think um, I was looking at some local news. I know some of the hospitals in the Tampa Bay area, they, they're going to start getting them uh, this week. So um, oh, that was pretty quick. And I think, you know, some of the uh, frontline workers are going to start getting theirs first. So, um, yeah, man. So like employees of the hospital, you know, will be uh, kind of first in line. I think in Florida, they're like the nursing homes mm-hmm. um, are kind of, uh, are kind of, top priority list as well so you know we'll see i mean i, I know that you know we've uh if anybody has been following you this week you've kind of been um going hard at you know uh with the vaccination piece um what's that you know i i, I don't know i don't know if i'm surprised that as many people are anti-vax um it's, it's definitely understandable but i'm starting to see that you know, even though this vaccine is um, 
going to be readily available, you know, I think probably by mid 2021 mm-hmm. uh, for the masses, you know, I don't seems like there's a large contingent of people who will not be participating. So, well, like I'm pretty you said, sure you probably won't save it for, for another show. Cause um, you got a lot of, um, you know, you've done a lot of research and talked to a lot of different people. No, nah, man, uh, I ain't really much to say about that. <laughs> I just, my, my sentiment has always been, you know, I want things to get back to normal and I don't understand how the community is going to help since, <clears throat> excuse me, since they don't want to wear a mask, since they don't want to socially distance and they don't want to take a vaccine. I just, if there if there's think, a fourth way to get it done, somebody please let me know. Well, I think for those people, things are normal because they they continue to do things as if it's um, as if nothing is happening. So for them, we're the ones that aren't normal. Like they're like, I've been doing everything. I'm <laughs> you know I'm used to doing. Y'all the one that's over here tripping. So yeah, man, it's just <clears throat> it's a different ball game when it when it hits your front door. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and I mean the, the 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 death toll is continuing to rise and um you know it's it's I don't know man it's crazy situation that I don't think anybody could have pre- I mean just think about it this time last year things were we was chilling like you I mean it was like it was like nothing you know wasn't this wasn't on. even on on anybody's radar this time last year. <clears throat> Right, I think right. I was getting ready to head up to New York at like this time last year. I think and, he was. Yeah, and I was hanging out, you know. I think you were talking about going to the Brooklyn Arena? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah, Barclays? Went to, went to the Barclays. Um, you know, I, I did it in the proper order. The year before, I went to Madison Square Garden, so I had to give the OG love before <laughs> I went to the, to the, to the, the new, new school. school. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, you know, I was downtown Manhattan at the at the Garden first. <laughs> <laughs> I got my priorities right, and then last last uh, last year I was at the Barclays with the um, you know with the young hip hoppers in Brooklyn. The young hip hoppers saw some saw some Brooklyn action. Um, you know, with a little uh, domestic dispute in the middle of the street. Really? Are you? Yes, yes, yes. For yes, some yes. reason, I I don't believe what you're saying. Uh, what up, Quanika? What up, Wally? I got witnesses. I got witnesses that can vouch. It sounds like you just reading the script. Down. You reading the script from a movie that black people love. Not believe me. Can believe anybody me, validate like, what he's saying? Isn't I got the I got the real Brooklyn experience, son. <laughs> the real Brooklyn experience over some Christmas gifts. <laughs> well, that, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Christmas gifts. That that sounds about right. That sounds like. That that's in conjunction with with the narrative. As I said, I don't know if it was a married couple or if there was this dating, but um, let me let me let me let me put the whole story together. Right, okay. so it was after the game. We was trying to catch the train um, um, back up to where we were, mm-hmm. and then um, so this this young lady and this young man they were in the middle of the street or whatever, mm-hmm. and I guess the lady thought that the man was looking at other women while they were shopping for Christmas gifts. Right? Story is so homeboy was like, 
I wasn't looking at other women. I was looking at the mannequin, like you know, like in, in school, Brooklyn voice, or whatever. And then he was like, he was like, he was like, yeah. And I went to your Instagram. You got cats. You got cats on there with no shirts on. <laughs> what you had to say about that? And so. And so, like, Buddy had a whole bunch of Christmas gifts, and he just dropped the Christmas gifts and walked off, and she picked them up, and that was that. So, these sound like that some was of, my experience in Brooklyn. These sound like some uh, colorful characters here. Hey, hey, somebody just called you out again in the chat. You might want you might want to address that. What 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 are they, what are they saying? Like, I, I can't. See it. LSA, you got all the time for all that traveling. Why don't you come up there and see him on the court? Stop ducking oh, come him. Come on, man. Stop LA, ducking him. I was him. in Chicago. You ain't pull up. <laughs> I was in Chicago. You ain't pull up. <laughs> Smoking the city. Smoking the city. Listen, man. I can't wait to get back to the court, man. I, I got to do something, dude. Like, I'm really. Really, really ready for this to be over. I'm really ready to hop back on the plane. Just so ready for this all to be over, man. So, uh, as soon as I can get that that Moderna vaccine, I'm taking that Moderna vaccine. So, uh, the sister, huh? Listen, man. Listen, she got a cosign from one of my best friends. She getting a cosign from Dr. Fauci. She on Twitter. Making Fox News lose their mind. I don't know what else people want, man. Like, yeah. she done took it. She say she's straight. She out here calling out racism and bigotry. I, in the scientific industry. So, I, I just... It's just beyond me why people are refusing to see that. Yeah, because... Uh, what city is this young lady living? Right now, she's in North Carolina because she's the lead scientist for the National Institute of Health. And they're headquartered in North Carolina. I'm pretty sure you, you you looked that up diligently. I didn't have to. I mean, <laughs> they they trying to get there. I mean, because you know we did the we did the uh, Black Awareness Rally pageant one, and she was on there. And then, uh, like I said, Glenn knows her, and Glenn's uh, co-host slash mentor on his podcast knows her. Like they they was like, yeah, man, she she the homie. Like we know her personally, and. You know what I mean they those guys are definitely gonna step up and take the vaccine as soon as they can. They're in the lab with it. You know what I mean, there is no hundred percent uh effective solution to any problem. So, you know, I know people are worried about catching HIV and getting the cleft lip and dying from the vaccine, but you know, those are extreme cases. And uh me do what you think is best, man. I just, I just know for me, I want to start getting out here and not being worried about what, what can happen, because, you know, we disproportionately getting killed by the virus. So I don't want to run that and take that risk. Uh, let us know how that works. B, uh, sure, Quanika. Okay, I mean, you had to take a vaccine to go to public school in Florida, so not. It's not different. Anyway, uh, 
Yeah. <clears throat> going to New York for New Year's Eve does sound awesome. Or just going to general, kind of miss it. Uh, oh, <laughs> Elliot's still going up. Talking about you got some, some smoke in the city for you. Man. Wait, did y'all lose yesterday? We're not going to talk about it, man. Y'all lost? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Who y'all played? I lost you. Chill out, man. It's been a while since. Like, it's been a while since. Like I, like I felt like physically bad after last night was one of those times. I was like, man. Oh boy, Waleed, thank you, sir, for the gift that just keeps on giving. Players, man, why you play? Y'all see this? This how long been players been friends? What that was back in two thousand nine. When y'all had that run and everybody just knew y'all was going to have that three-peat. Was it two? Uh, y'all just had one. Uh, anyway. It was a year between championships. Yeah. That's the year uh, Tebow had beat Saban. The first time they met up in the SEC championship with Saban and Urban Meyer at the helm. That player just well, huh? well, see, the thing is that, I mean, if you go back the year before when yeah, – when, when, uh, I was I was kind enough to, to to host you at my house. Right, right, right. This no, that's the year I'm talking about. Was that 08 or 09? That was well. That was, they, they won it the first year. Yeah, I that's that's the year. The year at my house. Yeah, that's that's the year I was I was trying to uh, hip everybody to. That was the year. Uh, you know, back in undergrad, I like just stopped watching sports and TV all together. And he, you you know you used to keep up regularly with people so. Y'all used to get my, my sports news from players because players used to keep up with his teams. And every now and then I'd, like, catch a game with him. So UF was, you know, they were unavoidable. That hype train was running, full tilt, full steam ahead. And uh, that's the Tebow days, the Aaron Hernandez days. Then y'all had Percy. We were talking about Percy Harvin last night. Wasn't he on that team too? Um, Percy Harvin, I think he was – I think he was a part of the second championship. I got you. But yeah, yeah, he uh, he's watching the UF play Bama. It's my first time watching the football game in probably like four or five years. And man, I just came away thoroughly impressed with the Alabama team. And I was like, Florida gonna be in trouble next year. So that's that's the story of how I decided to root for Alabama. They're a very very sound defensive team, very physical, very fundamentally secure, and. Florida was just out there like, oh, we faster than everybody. I was like, yeah, Florida, y'all going to be in trouble next year. Pledge ain't want to believe me. He didn't want to believe me. Never since then. <laughs> and y'all supposed to be looking good enough to see us tomorrow, uh, next week? Yo, the, uh, blow, last fantasy. night's game just softens the blow um, for, for what's going to happen next week. Are they going to stop discussing Haskins or Trask? Trask? After yesterday, well, he threw for over 400 yards, but he had three turnovers. So, Woo. 
Woo. I mean, yeah, so they're, they're going to stop discussing him for the Heisman. So it's, it's going to be either the quarterback or the wide receiver for Alabama. Listen, go ahead and give it to the QB. That They can have it. We need to put some more respect on the QBs coming out of Alabama. We need to change that narrative. But, uh, nah, man, I ain't know y'all y'all took that L last night. Wally, yeah, man, I mean, trash. nobody, 24-point favorite. Um, LSU was in all types of turmoil this week from players opting to go to the draft early, players finding out about their coach's political affiliations. Um, AKA he racist. All this stuff, you know, swirling around. They started a freshman quarterback for the first time. Like, it was his first start ever. Against y'all? Yeah. Max Johnson, Brad Johnson's son. Brad Johnson, Johnson. who won a Super Bowl for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. His son started for uh, LSU yesterday or last night. First time, and um, I don't know, man. It was just bad. As I said, um, I was trying to do this show as therapy to get over that loss, but obviously, uh, uh, Waleed ruined that for you. Want to bring it up? Hey, man. Listen, that's why we're family. Family. Real friends tell you when you face dirty. Real friends <laughs> tell you when you face dirty. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get into it, man. We we, we started late. We ain't going to be before you long, like the elders say in the church. We got one topic, and we're going to ride this one out. So, black awareness rally. Let me run it. We're going to start with the black awareness rally. We got McDowell's. We got international cuts. We got sexual chocolate. Randy Watson in the building. Mr. Wiley McFarland, the barber over at International Cuts. And, Man, he, uh, he he um broadcasting live from the Bucks game with it. You know what I mean? So, shout out to him with the real time updates. With the real time updates, play right. by play. Right, right, right. So we uh we appreciate that, brother, for for keeping us up to date. Uh, yo, we got to we got to get a Zoom next week for the game. Talk, watch y'all real time. Lose it. As I said, man, my um last night. If it's one thing last night did, it got it's like I have zero expectations for this week. Dang. I want so you to be I proud don't, and all that. I want y'all to come in there with your head held high, your chest out. I mean, if we would have won last night, there was a chance I would have been like, Yeah, let's get it. But now I'm like, let's just go ahead and get this thing over with. <laughs> like, let's just <laughs> I need I need to check out the score now. But all right, all right, all right, all right. We're gonna we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. We had a chance we, we missed a uh game time field goal. Oh, so it was a dog fight. Yeah, it was a dog fight. Ooh. Did they snatch your heart at the end because you thought you was going to win? Because you was like, you nah, know, they were down. This? The Gators are down pretty much the whole game. So, Dang. A wire-to-wire victory. All right. Well, there, there's that. Okay. Well, anyway. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Cool, 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 cool. All right. <clears throat> well, as showcased in the opening music for the show today is ella josephine baker's birthday um she is no longer with us she's an ancestor now but ella baker is the godmother of the civil rights movement uh born in 1903 on december 13th in norfolk virginia to a wonderful black family and specifically a wonderful black grandmother who would tell her stories 
of slave revolts, and that undoubtedly lit a fire under Ella Baker to go on to become the godmother of the civil rights movement. Um, she was a part of the Harlem Renaissance. She was part of the NAACP. She was a part of the SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Um, if you got kids that you want to teach about some powerful women, um, some women that believed in grassroots organization, Ella Josephine Baker is the place to start. She got the the game on lock, and we don't want to uh, let a day go by without we're trying to recognize the people for what they've done, uh, not just living, but also those of us that passed. Um, now, let me be clear. I ain't no expert on Ella Baker. Um, I ain't know who she was before the, the pandemic, so, you know what I mean? <clears throat> It ain't that you got to be an expert, but it's it's never too late to learn. So um, check her out. Her story is definitely motivating. If you guys are uh, just looking, looking to uh, learn more about how you can get involved and work on the ground. What you got, Pledge? Yes, I am going to give a shout out to Miss Rashida Jones. She, um, <clears throat> for MSNBC, she will be the first black woman to lead a cable news network. Um, this week, it was announced that she um, she's a senior vice president for MS, uh, NBC and NBC News. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it, she will be the next president. So shout out to her. Um, you know, with all the um, news and fake news that's going on around, it's good that we have a sister at the helm that's leading, um, you know, the charge. Um, I believe she was, you know, um, a big proponent of getting uh Joy Reid, uh, the Reid reporter, <clears throat> who's um, always putting out good information on MSNBC. Um, so shout out to Miss Rashida Jones um, on that accomplishment and um, a very pivotal position as we um, try to decipher uh, what's right and wrong um, in this misinformation age. Hey, good news, good news, good news. Uh... Definitely want to uh, respect that. Let's go arts and entertainment, the sexual chocolate segment. Uh, now, this this one I'm going to take with a grain of salt. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing this because I'm trying to turn over a new leaf until January, 20, 30, uh, January 1st. So work with me, work with me. It's going to stop then? Yeah, I'm going to stop because... I'm saying it's going to stop yes, on the 31st? Yes, it's going to stop. If I don't have so some... it's going to last for two weeks. If I listen, I started a week ago. That's y'all fault. So <laughs> we're finna do a celebrity, and we just finna look at how much money he made, how much charity he gave, and his influence. And we're just gonna say he did real good with his life. So here we go. Here we go. Here's my first. Here's my first shake at it. BET founder Bob Johnson and AMC Networks to rebrand Black Focus Streaming Service as UMC. Excuse me. Rebrand Black Focus Streaming Service UMC as All Black. And it's spelled A L L B L K. So, everybody's favorite black billionaire is doing some charitable works, trying to help a streaming service rebrand. Is he going to make money off of it? That doesn't matter because he's doing <laughs> charitable works. And that should be an inspiration to us all to make more money. All right. Oh, and, and do charity. It's not just about making money, but doing charity. There you go. How'd I do, Pledge? (laughs) 
What? Man, if there was ever a, a backhanded compliment, that that was one. So. Well, go Bob Johnson. Wait, no, wrong, wrong black guy. Our senior hall. My bad. Dude. Just I get them confused. Now, what I want to know, just real talk. What type do you think that could be a competitive streaming service? Um, I don't know, man. The streaming services, the the, the it's starting to get real packed. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of the streaming services that are um, coming out, like I know Quibi, they just shut down maybe about a month ago because <clears throat> they couldn't get anything off the ground. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know this until like a couple weeks ago. But BT Plus, like that's a you have to pay for that. Like you can't use your uh, yeah your cable subscription, your cable subscription mm-hmm. to uh, do you know BT Plus. I mean, so it's um. I don't know the screaming the streaming services is starting to get a, a very crowded field um you know as far as people that are trying to come in and and profit off of it so um yeah. I don't know man yeah. yeah 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 I don't know all right well we'll be watching um that is a streaming service that he created but we'll see we'll see it's definitely a crowded field though so I mean it's it's tough to uh, compete for that dollar nowadays. Right, right, right. All right, what you got? What you got for the sexual chocolate segment? Hey, man, basketball's back, man. The NBA is back. Um, you know, and of course, the the person that's making headlines is your boy, LeBron uh, James. Nah, <laughs> Jason nah. Tatum. Nah, you, you, your boy, um, Kyrie. Marcus Smart. Oh. Oh, he's donating stuff. Okay, what happened? Go ahead. Tell us. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I'm saying, no. what does this have to do with the Black Awareness Rally segment? I'm just saying basketball is back. That's, that's, oh, that, I'm happy. That's how you feel? Well, that's I guess I since we brought up Kyrie, Kyrie wants $25,000 donated to charity. So that's a good thing. All right. Oh, the $25,000 uh, fine uh, that he had to pay because he disrespects uh, members of the media. I'm just saying, though, think about it, though. He's in Brooklyn, right? Listen, so man, you know if any team has I didn't critique black- Bob Johnson. Why are we critiquing Kyrie Irving's desire to donate twenty five thousand dollars to charity? No, I'm saying if any city has black journalists, you know, up and coming, young, hungry, members of the media trying to get on, it has to be Brooklyn, right? And what does Kyrie say to those members of the media? Y'all not worth my attention. That's what he says. We don't so, know that <clears throat> that media room was filled with black journalists. We don't know that. Pretty sure Brooklyn, if if, if any team has black journalists, it's Brooklyn. And also, they were talking. They were talking about how uh, Boston has a lack of black journalists. So, okay. Well, okay. All right. Sports journalists, I should say. Okay, fine. But uh, yeah. but basketball is back though. Um, <clears throat> even though a lot of local teams have been shut down due to uh, quarantine. Um, I digress. Yeah, the feed just froze. Hold on. Oh, it's back. Uh, player, you still with me? Do some movements. Are you still with me? All right. The feed looking a little funny. 
All right, uh, let's see if this help. Let's let's move. Uh, the community moment, McDowell's, the McDowell's moment. Um, what you got? I'm gonna go. Um, there's this uh, movement. It's called the uh, One Ten Movement, and mm-hmm. it is to <clears throat> in ten years they want to. Um, hire and promote 1 million black Americans over the next 10 years. And there's like 37 major corporations that are kind of behind this, mm-hmm. like IBM, um, ADP, Stryker, Nike, Walmart, Target, Lowe's. But basically um, what they want to do, these 37 companies, they want to identify um, young black talent and mm-hmm. really, really help them enhance their skills and give them, you know, not just, you know, normal everyday jobs, but, you know, very highly skilled uh, positions. So they want to prepare them and then also place them in the positions. Um, And they want to do that with 1 million, um, you know, uh, black people. And also, um, and they say 110 because they uh, want one out of every 10 people that they hire to be African-American to fill these roles and positions. So um, that is a major thing. It was kind of all over. Uh, LinkedIn um, to where these corporations have stepped up and say, <clears throat> we need to, um, you know, identify black talent and we need to train it and we need to um, promote mm-hmm. them. So shout out to all these companies. Um, Nike's on there. So that's a beautiful thing to see. Um, you know, especially with everybody standing in line to buy Jordans yesterday. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. Wow. What? Am I wrong? Why are we shading MJ? I'm not shading MJ. I'm saying he's on the list. Okay. I'm, I'm happy to see that. Okay. It balances it out. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. It balances it out. Compliment sandwiches. That's what we do here until January 1st. <laughs> yeah, I see it, Quinique. His, his screen is frozen. I'm not sure how to get that rectified. Let me see if I can do something real quick. Um, hey, players, turn your camera off and turn it back on. See what happened. Let me see. Did that work? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, it worked. All right, cool. cool. All right, thanks, Quinika. Uh, all right, for for my uh, community moment, it might sound like a sports moment, but uh, it's Atlanta, so sports and black people. The Atlanta Hawks <coughs> are turning to black-owned banks for $35 million refinance on their practice complex. And uh, some of those banks might include Citizens Trust and with the, the National Spotlight on Systemic Racism, a lot of people are looking to support the black-owned banking sector. Well, yeah, I, I guess that's the right way. To, is that the right way to put it? Black-owned banking sector? Does that sound right? Um. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We'll rock with it. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people are putting their money where their mouth is, and Atlanta is contributing to the wave of in wave of investment by finalizing an agreement to refinance the Emory Sports Medical excuse me, medicine complex with a syndicate of 11 black-owned banks. 
So a lot of people getting uh getting their back scratched. And uh yeah, we appreciate it, man. Shout out to the uh Hawks and the eleven black banks for getting business done. Um hopefully we get to see more of that in the coming coming days, coming months. And uh I guess keep an eye out for Greenwood Bank. That's the uh bank that Killer Mike is starting with some help from some of his friends. Yeah, you can, um, I, I don't think they start, I don't think you can start um, being a member of it now, but I think you can sign up for the wait list um, to be a part of it. So the signups have started for, um, I think it's bankgreenwood.com where you okay. can go okay. and get more information about setting up an account to uh, bank with um, them brothers. So Okay, okay. All right. So if y'all, y'all in, yo man, it's, this, it's a lot of black banks now. I guess there's no more excuses about that. And uh, I saw something the other day that I can't find the article, but a, uh, oh, I know who it was. Slutty Vegan, the restaurant up here that has blossomed to be a media darling, which is a vegan restaurant owned by an African-American lady who's also a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. She was able to secure a million dollars in funding from... I think it was Citizens Trust Bank, which is a black bank, which is also found in South Florida. And uh, she was able to, able to open up a million-dollar headquarters here in Atlanta for a slutty vegan uh, franchise. So, man, there's there's a lot of people trying to make things happen, and they're trying to make it happen with black banking. So, shout out to What's the name of that restaurant again? Slutty Vegan, S-L-U-T-T-Y, and Vegan, V-E-G-A-N. Now, let me oh, warn that's you. What you're saying. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if anybody is uh, coming to town and willing to patronize, be warned. It is so popular that there is usually a wait. And uh, it is good. It is pretty good. So, you know, uh, it'd be money well spent. And she's very, very, the owner is very, very big about doing community service. And so your money would definitely be going into the communities around the, the uh Multiple locations that she has. So shout out to them. Uh, Slow to Vegan Citizen Trust Bank. Uh, Tony Ressler, the owner of the Hawks. And the 11 banks that are owned by black folk out here doing the real work. All right. Yeah. All right, let's get to it. Uh, we 45 minutes in, which is crazy. Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Uh. Our only topic for the day, which would be rather short, because uh, I don't want to take up everybody's time, uh, is Trump responsible for the tyranny, uh, tyranny that we're seeing, all these acts of violence, all the craziness that we're seeing going around the country, specifically in Washington, D.C. yesterday, and that was like the, I guess I wouldn't say the needle in the ha- on the haystack, but it's just the latest episode of some delusional delusionality by his supporters. Um, it's the latest episode of what blind followership will get you. The latest episode of how disregarding new information about somebody that you're giving the halo effect treatment to can have you doing some irrational stuff. Um, what caught me in pledge's attention this week was Donald Trump <laughs> for the 
what must be the millionth time, requesting his supporters send him more money so that he can continue to mount these lawsuits that I believe he's only doing or introducing and having drafted up so he can continue to get more money from his supporters. Because as we saw, was that Friday? The Supreme Court threw out another one of his lawsuits. Um, all the state courts are throwing out all his lawsuits. And uh, his own attorney is even like, yo, we're going to stop mounting defense efforts. So, players, why do you think people continue to, to send this man money? Because he's already gotten over $200 million from supporters. Um... The only thing I can say is, man, they 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 just don't want to admit that they took an L, and they they want to be, um, they want to somehow seem to be on the right side of things, um, and it's tough to see that somebody that you built up as you know this this huge figure is, um, you know, is is not immortal. So I mean, he he. Um, I, don't, I mean, I, I can't get inside their minds to understand like why they go so hard for this dude. I, I really, racism. I really, I really can't racism. understand that. It's racism. But I mean, I was watching something this week to where um, the former, uh, the former chair of the RNC, and I and I forget the brother's name, but he's he's been he's been actively speaking speaking out against um, speaking out against uh, Trump his entire um presidency was like hey man like this dude this um this whole fundraising thing is nothing but him just stealing money um because unless somebody gives over eight thousand dollars none of the money goes to um his legal defense uh at all so somebody has to donate over eight thousand dollars and then if it's not over eight thousand dollars sixty percent of it goes to his um, new Save America pack who that was started after the election. Um, <laughs> and then um, the other goes to the RNC um, so they can spend the money however they want to uh, to spend it. And, you know, it, it, it's like in the disclaimer at the bottom of whatever website people go to um, to spend money. And some people were saying that they didn't know that it would be on a recurring basis. So like it's almost like, hey, let's sign up for, let's get these ten dollars. But every month, we gonna take this ten dollars out, out, you know, Until every you month. Stop us. <laughs> so, I mean, I, as I said, I it's hard to justify the mindset um, that goes behind um, supporting somebody like him. But obviously, it's a um, it's a con I mean, job. It's a con job. It, it really is. And I don't know if people will finally see this um, as a way to where, like, people kind of see what he was really all about the whole time, which was about himself. Um, They're not accepting it, though. Like, that's that's the problem. You know what I mean? I, I, we'll get into that a little later. But the, what's the second event? The second event... Uh, that happened last night and is still happening and started, I think it was Thursday or Friday. There's been this, uh, another demonstration. Uh, I'm gonna call it rioting and looting because that's what they've been doing by Trump supporters in Washington, DC. 
and they claim they're defending the, the the name of Trump and the honor of Trump and his election efforts, but they're just rioters and looters that are doing things like going up to historically black churches that hold a special place in the movement, and they're literally vandalizing the churches. And so, whereas that would have been some black people and they'd have been calling for, you know, secret agents of the federal government to come down and beat up on the protesters and the rioters and looters, it's not getting the headline news that it deserves because it's the Proud Boys and the MAGA supporters that are destroying and defacing these churches. Now, what's awesome to me is it gives me some research that I can do after the show to further demonstrate how duplicitous America really is, uh, especially in the black in, in, in the Christian church. Um, because why in God's name would you deface a church and then also call yourself an evangelical? So uh, I've been doing a little research on that, just getting some insight, some of the history of that that label and how it only applies to white people for some reason. But uh, what I can tell you guys so far is if you ever want to see what it is that I'm always preaching about or what I'm afraid of, why am I tripping when I be talking about black celebrities, is because at any moment in time, it can turn into a MAGA situation and us turning into MAGA supporters. And I know you guys... You know, think that's just the craziest thing ever. But let's look at five years ago. Did we think Trump would be the person that he is today? I mean, it's just always something that you have to be vigilant about. Um, we have, you know, we have very few examples that make it to national news. But we do have examples of, you know, black figures and personalities ascending to this messianic figure status, a.k.a. this Jesus-type guy that people just follow and have to praise. And, uh, you know, Trump is just the latest iteration of that. It's just that it's unfortunate because he's gotten to that position based on fear, hate, and violence. And watch your mind and watch your back because, you know, Black people and races love to attack black churches. And you ain't going to find a more peaceful place to be in for black people. Like, it used to be watch night was a, a clear indication to white folk not to mess with black people while they're in church. But we had enough instances in, in American history to let us know that they don't care about that no more. All right, we used to let y'all have sanctuary in the black churches doing slavery, but since the uh, civil rights movement and the Jim Crow era, they don't care nothing about that. So, what what we talking about, man? What what should we do? How how should we blame Trump for this? For what? For the tyranny that's that's running rampant in this. You know, hey, if y'all get a chance, uh, get this small book called "On Tyranny," O N, and then tyranny T Y R A N N Y. And that talks about well, 20 different ways that tyranny manifests itself in a society. But go ahead. No, I'm saying I think people have to 
understand the mindset of why he is continuing to um, delegitimate, um, make this uh, last election illegitimate. And that is to, and he, he proves what, why he's stoking these flames is so he can just raise money. Just get money. Um, that, that, that's the only reason why he's saying, Hey, he don't care about know, the let's election. This. Nope. Let's, you know, let's, you know, uh, you know, I need your help. You know, let, we, we've been done wrong. You know, let's, let's, let's find a way to, 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 to get this thing, you know, corrected. Right. And that is to um, raise money. And also, it is for him to keep control over the uh, over the Republican Party. You think he really uh, cares about the Republican Party? You think he gives a shit he, about it? He doesn't. He just he just wants to hold power over it, and that's what a lot of people have um, a lot of people have said about um, the his, uh, people, other Republican leaders who have not been able to come out and and speak out against him is that in privately they in private, they know that he's wrong. They know that he's bad for the party, but they consider it political suicide for them to go against them because yeah. his, because of how entrenched his base is yeah. um, in him is that as soon as he says, Hey, we're not rocking with this person no more. They, they won't, they won't win an election. Like that's how riled up he has his base that, you know, um, people are, you know, leaders, you know, people that are considered leaders, people, you know, who we elect to to lead us and make, you know, smart decisions about how life plays out are saying, hey, I can't speak. I can't speak bad about this guy in public because, um, you know, he'll he'll hold it against me and I will I will not be able to get elected again. So the question is, is how long will he be able to have power over over that party? As long How as long will people continue to, um, you know, fight whatever battle it is? I mean, if you're willing to put your money behind somebody, or if you're willing to to put Die your for. freedom in at you know at risk, yeah. I mean, I don't. There's no other way you can show devotion than that. Those are the two strongest ways that you can show devotion to somebody. Yeah, man. Uh, true. I think everything you everything you said is true. Um, there is no disagreement for me on that. Um, I just want people to be careful. And I guess an answer to how long, I mean, look at Hitler. I mean, Hitler, he didn't even make it out of his reign, his regime. No, he quote unquote died. And before the regime could be ended and never faced any, any criminal persecution for what he did. Uh, Trump, is already hinted at he's going to disappear as soon as January 20th is over and we're going to never hear from him again. We don't know. Uh, well, you know, it's, it's possible. It's possible. But I, I know it certainly won't get as much media coverage, you know, as it does now because it won't be as salacious. But what we're going to be left to deal with as Americans that are trying to navigate this new landscape is all the people that were adamant about supporting the guy. And, you know, I don't think that you can out yourself as a MAGA supporter and then go on with business as usual after the election uh, or when Joe Biden starts. I don't think that you could 
sit and argue that Trump is some kind of messianic figure and then try to go back to business as usual on January 20th. And so I think what we have to ask ourselves is what, what are we looking forward to? How do we look to engage with the rest of or the other side, I guess, I don't know what they call it, moving forward. And I personally don't think that there's any way to engage with them because their ideology is so far away from logic, their pride, their egotism, none of it is rooted in fact. And I don't think we should ever have to sit and try to have a discussion with them. Uh, I think we should look to unify as many people on the outskirts of the political space. I think we should look to engage and unify as many um, people that have been apathetic and antithetical to political engagement as possible so that we can get some things done in the name of progress. Because I don't know if anybody knows, you know, you can't reason with Republican folk that are, you know, these conservative folk. Let me say that the conservative folk, there's nothing they believe is rooted in any fact. The only thing they think about is money and some nostalgic mythical history that you know we can trace back to the 1950s. And so, uh, well, evangelicals, um, I think their strong um, allegiance to them is um, the the pro life um, thing. But as I said, that even that is you know. Even when they, even when Republicans are in power, people they don't still care about that. Yeah, so. like you said, that they're, they're not passing any laws to combat anything. They're not. They don't actually do anything about that. What uh, what I have learned is the Gerald Ford election of seventy six, or seventy six. Yeah, seventy six was the the year or the election that the term evangelicals got slapped on white conservative Southerners, and. You know, that was a result of all of these different types of Christian Southerners coming together to vote for him because he was somebody that they thought they could align with. And it was also somebody that they thought they could get behind to manipulate legislation. And so, you know, there was a magazine, a big publication. I don't know if it was Time magazine. It was somebody, you know, real big and prominent at the time slapping the label on all these this large voting block of different types of Christians supporting Gerald Ford. And uh ever since then it stuck. But in the fifties, you know, we had a lot of, you know, zealot fundamentalist Christians opening up these schools around the South that were dedicated to segregation, uh this unhealthy view of the Bible and racism opening up all around the South, just trying to get people to maintain this superiority that was rooted in racism. And so, you know, that was all as a direct pushback to the civil rights movement and uh, the echoes and the feelings that black folk was coming to take over stuff. So all of this stuff is rooted in racism, man. I, I, I just can't, I can't reconcile that. There's nothing somebody could tell me otherwise about their ideologies, about this conservatism. Uh, especially a white dude in the South or a white Christian dude. I mean, you got to do a lot of talking before I make my decision. Be a white uh, conservative Christian dude. 
but I'm going to just be clear. My stance is you're not for me and you want me to die. Because everything they believe in is about controlling black autonomy and controlling black bodies and controlling black thought. And I'm not with the shits. Uh, Panika, she asked a question earlier. She'll never understand why they hate us so much. Like, why? It's a, it's a, it's a fear of being replaced. It's a fear of this status or position or rank that they made up in their mind being debunked, replaced, removed. And that could be traced back as far as the 13, 1300s, 14th century. So uh, it's all based on nobody knowing what the hell was going on in Africa. Nobody thinking that Egypt was a part of Africa and calling it the dark continent and then finding out with the discovery of Mansa Musa that shit ain't what they thought it was for the black continent. And oh crap, look at all the stuff that they're doing over here. Oh crap, we've been living in these huts and caves and, you know, just living in squalor in these kingdoms and we thought we was doing the damn thing. But you got people over here taking baths and having street lights. <laughs> so, I mean, you see it in sports. Look at sports, Kwanika. Look at any sports story, players. Like, any sports stories where it's about segregation and integration and white boys not wanting the black boys to come in and play the sport because the white boys were afraid that once the black boys started playing, they was going to start losing. It's, that's just flat out it. They know that they're not worthy. They know that if they give somebody else a fair chance, that they're going to lose. That's, I don't know what they think they're going to lose, but that's another conversation about socialism and capitalism. So. Yeah, I mean it's 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 really all about power. That's um, it. it. It's really always all about power, um, and and maintaining control. And um, as I said, and that's what forty five is doing with the, with his with with his move. Uh, he's flexing power, saying, "Look here, um, you know, Republican Party. No matter what, um, you know, I I." control this Mm -hmm. and that if you guys want to continue to get elected Mm -hmm. it's going to go through me right um that's and that's why people are scared to speak out against them because um you know that's why people on the republican side are scared to speak out against them because they know that um you know if if they lose his support they lose the support of uh voters so um yep i mean it's just like you said man it's just about power it's just about Maintaining stature, um, and unfortunately for us, us down here on the ground, quote unquote, we have so many people fighting for them because they think as long as they support them, they get some allegiance to some mythical ideology that has never been true. When the reality is, you should be talking about, well, why don't I have enough? Why don't I have a fifteen? Why don't I have twenty-five dollar minimum wage? Federal minimum wage? When the price of inflation has gone up so much nonstop since the 70s or 40s, like why aren't we be giving giving universal health care when the other 36 developed countries on the planet have universal or free health care? Why aren't we giving out free college tuition all across the country? Why am, am I not getting access to the things that I need to live the life that I think is necessary? Why do I have to fight with somebody that I think is going to take my stuff if they're given a fair chance? So those those aren't rooted in Democrat and Republican ideas. That's that's a class issue, and uh, 
Now, no players don't like that conversation, boy. You don't want that smoke. What conversation? Oh, I don't know. Classism, socialism, and the the merits of that and other ways of doing business. But uh, I mean, it's it's all a moral issue, man. Like it's all a moral issue. At the end of the day, that's all it boils down to. The 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 hearts of men valuing property over lives. So, yeah, I mean, and that's where and and that's where the the make America great again. That's where the slogan came from. Um, is is that and that's where and that's where fear comes into play. Is that um, you know, I was reading. I forgot what I was listening and reading something this week, and they're like, um you know, there's such thing as an American dream. And, um, oh, you need to, oh, I mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. Watch Requiem for the American Dream on YouTube. It's free, guys. It's a documentary by Robert Reich, who's a leading econ- U.S. economist. And you guys could watch that because it speaks to what I think you're pointing to, like this yeah. fake notion yeah. of the American dream and the death of yeah. it. And- the death of the people and, who pursue it. And, and the thing is, is that um, older white men, the, the country has always favored them, old, older white men. And that own property, that, that own property, that the country has always favored them. And now um, not only black people, um, Latin people, you know, uh, Latino people, um, women, now that it's kind of a more of an open competition. Mm hmm. They're losing. Um, they're losing kind of their 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 stronghold um, that they've always had. Older white men are losing the stronghold that they've always had. The advantages that, that that have always favored them or whatever. They're losing that because now it's the access is is open to a little bit more people. Right. And so to resist that, they're saying, "Hey, shut down the border so no other immigrants can come in." Um, you know, and, and let's kind of. Uh, hold this power that we have together, or whatever. Let's not let other people come in and compete because once it's uh, uh, a fair competition or whatever, <laughs> you know we don't we don't want that. We want to con- we want to maintain that stronghold that we've always had, and so that's and that's um and that's kind of you know the mindset of hey make make America great again is that hey um the the advantage that we've always had or whatever let's get back to that right. Which because the reason why you're not winning is because other people have come in and taken your dream. Right. And and I'm I'm glad that you pointed it out. This this is why I don't I'm starting to see this more and more and more and more. The more research I do. There is no nation that is America. There's a country because of the No, there's no country. There's there's no country. There is a nation. And that just only is decided by boundaries that have been set. But there is no country. There is no unifying mythos. There is no shared history. Because the exact reason that players just itemized. The men that owned property and that founded this country, they don't care about the country. They didn't believe in a country. They saw it as an opportunity to make money for themselves and something that they fought to the death to have access to, sole access to, exclusive rights to. And now that we're seeing all these people show up from different parts of the world and different groups participate 
in some positions that they thought they had exclusive rights to. They want to exclude them. Now, why do I say there's no actual country here in America? Because if you ask anybody that studies world politics and comparative studies and that stuff, if it was really about America, if there really was a country, you would be inviting the best and brightest and encouraging competition so that America can compete on an international stage and return to a, some false sense of prominence that they used to have by having the, the smartest, brightest, richest, most accomplished, happiest citizens, healthiest citizens, um, cleanest nation. And we don't, we don't strive to have any of that stuff here. Well, if you look at the government, we don't strive for that. We strive for access to wealth and by any means necessary. When in other countries, let's take Sweden, for example, people are happier. Life expectancy is different. Free college education, free health care, universal health care. Those are things that people should be competing for. What I don't understand is why America or the people that pretend that there's a country continuously try to trick people into thinking that they should fight for some ideology. When the truth is, it's only about a select few old white dudes and their mentees maintaining a stranglehold on the access to the quality of life that they have. It's not about you voting. Like this is where a lot of conspiracy theories get born from because of the truth. It really isn't about everybody having access. So that's why, you know, I understand why some people say they shouldn't vote because it don't matter. But the truth is one of the only tools you got to remove these old racist, crooked, greedy, evil white dudes and their and their mentees. Like we just saw at this last election that a lot of white women, more than half of them in the country, which makes up I think it's two hundred and nine eighteen year olds and you know literal adults. There's two hundred and nine adults in America. Two hundred and nine million adults in America and sixty seven percent of that two hundred and nine million voted in the last election. And you telling me that the 74 million people that supported Trump aren't racist, aren't trying to maintain that status where they keep all the access to certain resources to themselves. The only way you can defeat that mindset is, is just to get one. Well, you got to regulate these, make it illegal to be crooked. And then people's hearts and minds might change after that. But as long as you make it so that they don't have to see any consequences for this fucked up view they have on the world, they're going to keep it that way. And one way we can get that done is to vote and to be engaged in the electoral process and the political sphere after the election. The election's over. I'm still volunteering. You still got work to do after the election. So uh, Trump is responsible for the tyranny that's currently happening. Uh, Mitch McConnell and his homies are also responsible because they're not out and out denouncing and separating themselves from Trump. As we see here in the Georgia election, Kelly Leffler and David Perdue are finally starting to align themselves with the Trump methodology and ideology because they know if they don't, they're going to lose votes. And uh, it's so bad that some of Trump's cronies are coming down here holding rallies, telling them not to vote for Trump, not uh, telling people not to vote for Kelly Leffler and David Perdue if they don't come out and support Trump. You didn't see that? No. What's sad is, uh, yeah, what's sad is there's a black dude named Vernon Jones who's a Kappa 
down here, he's been stomping pretty hard for Trump. And he was at the rally talking about how, uh, you know, that same rally saying if if Leffler and Purdue don't start coming out and supporting Trump's bid to overturn the election, don't vote for him. And this this is how bad it is, man, because they know if they don't they don't align themselves with the person in power that they're going to lose power. And so, uh, guys, there is no American country. There's an American nation, which means there are boundaries, city limits. There is no American country. The closest thing we have to an American country is the black people that live here because we're the only people that are out here time and time again appealing to the humanity that all people deserve and have. And that's by us asking for our humanity to be recognized in full. So, uh, yeah, y'all learned about Ella Baker, man. Yeah, and I and I and I know that. Um, and it was great what you're saying about there is no, um, you know, no, there is no country. But I I always thought that one reason why black people kind of um, sports appeal strong so strong to us is because I I think that that is the one arena to where they do want to bring the the most talented um, in the mm-hmm. in, in, in the best out. And it's also the one yeah. arena where the the rules are very very transparent and clear and enforced, where, you know, huh? And, and enforced. enforced, yeah. And 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 that's probably one reason why um, you know we excel in sports so much is because one, no matter what, you know, if you if you own a team, you want the 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 absolute best talent available on that team or whatever because um, the only objective is for you to win the game. And, it, and it's a clear, precise objective. And the rules are very clear um, and out front. And it's, and it's very visible of what takes place. Um, and I think that's one reason why um, we've always graduate, uh, gravitated towards sports and, and done really well in it is because it is um, a representation of how, um, if there's an equal playing field, how we will be able to rise to the top. Which is the flat out the basis of segregation. Anytime you see segregation and policy and ideology and culture and practice, it's all because we feel like we're going to lose. All right. So if you ever see yourself asking yourself, you know, why you don't want people to have access to the stuff that you got, you got to check your heart, man, because it's, it's about property and not lives. If you ever find yourself being jealous or hating on somebody else winning, that means you got to check yourself because you feel like you might lose something if that person wins. The wonderful thing about America, the wonderful thing about the earth is it has enough resources for everybody to live a comfortable life. I know that's an African concept, some other religious concepts, uh, but you know, there's no need to feel like you won't have access to something if someone else is given the same, the same access anything that should make you go harder and get better at your job but you know it ain't African to be greedy it ain't African to be about self it ain't African to be about acquisition of property and you ain't an African just cause you black you African because you believe in the human community start looking at it that way let's, let's, let's look at service in the community so that we can all have access to the quality of life that we think we should have right so again free college education not just for you but for everybody so that you don't have to worry about getting your big house on the on the hill 
and worry about somebody robbing you. If everybody had a house on the hill, do you have to worry about your neighbor robbing you? No. Got to start looking at things in terms of that. Let's help the whole community, not just ourselves. Because uh, that's why stick-up kids exist. Ain't nobody giving them a shot. So they, they taking shots at whoever got it. But uh, anyway, man, you got anything else you want to add? I feel like we're kind of circling the wagon at this point. Nah, man, I think it was uh, beautifully stated. So good job. Yeah, man. Uh, hey, guys, thanks for joining us. Sorry for uh, getting to you a little later the normal and uh please like share and subscribe we have four people here we should have four likes we have four people in the chat we should have four likes please like 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 uh thank you for joining us if you believe in what we're doing uh, share it with somebody subscribe share this video hit that share button if you believe in what we're doing we have three shares i appreciate the three shares that have happened uh let's get one more done and that'll uh put us at 100 percent but uh, we are on YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, uh, I guess iTunes is the name of Apple, um, Stitcher. I'm about to put us on Instagram. I'm about to put us on Twitter. Just just come back and check us out and share what we got going on. It's a labor of love, which means uh, you know, we're doing it because we love y'all. We're doing it because we love the community. And we want you guys to... Uh, Everybody come up together because there's no point coming up by yourself and have to worry about the person that you left behind robbing you. All right. Thanks for rocking with us. God bless. Thanks.